0: Hey, what's up, dude?
1: Crunchy Hippie. And (laughs) I've been called this, and I I think I fought it the first time for about Mm -hmm. seven nanoseconds. And I was like, yes, I am. Mm And I'm about to talk to you about crystals. uh, Mm. Not going to do that. (laughs) Crystals and rocks. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a fan, man. Mm, Are you? uh, You've converted. You've converted. I I mean, they've been around me for many, many years. I just didn't realize Mm -hmm. it, like. My Mm. wife collected them, my sister collects them I think my mom, Mm. but even beyond that I mean they're just like rocks and stones that are in nature And whatnot, so I've kind of had them In things around But recently been a real big fan Of some black tourmaline Maybe a little bit of snowflake obsidian You know, Mm. for tough days when I need to ground Myself, Mm. a little bit of kyanite Um All have different properties, energetically Different things, and honestly I feel it, bro, like Mm. I feel the difference When I have them around me Mm. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of the crystal. Uh, uh, I don't talk about it a lot because it is a little it's very crunchy hippie, and it's mm. I think your mileage may vary. I think it it varies on uh, your sensitivities and uh, you know, a little yeah. bit of placebo yeah. willingness to accept
2: <laughs>
1: that it, yeah, wow. like i lot. would
0: I would have a hard time doing it. For one, I'm not overly sensitive to external inputs, nor, <laughs> Would I give it a chance, logically? Like so worried,
1: if something did happen, you'd be like, nah, that was just because the wind blew.
0: That's just cause I felt good. Felt yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um Hey, but hey, you know what? I'm not, you know hey, listen. I if it fits, it's if it's 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 like anything. If it's if it's something that works for you, hmm.
1: And it that's that's the thing, and it fits because I'm not really pushing here. I'm not your pusher. Yeah. No. I'm just
0: it, talking it, about me for me, not gonna die. <laughs> nah, not, not gonna die. <laughs> Let's get in. <laughs> Welcome back to the More in Common podcast. What's happening? i Please Keith. allow myself to introduce
3: myself. I'm Rodney,
0: <laughs> and we are back at it. Took a couple weeks off um, to process the election. Hopefully, you're feeling okay with with how things are, and um, you're ready for and some. If you're de- not. Hey, we'll get you out of that space. Ho- hopefully, hopefully this space can help you get into a better, better moment with a with an awesome conversation that we're having today, with. C.J. Johnson. Before we talk
3: about that, I just wanna remind you that you can get Mm -hmm. to all things more in common through our website, uh, moreincommonpod.com. Also, I wanna say, if you like this episode or any of the episodes that you've heard or hear, share them. Uh, We're trying to grow. We're trying to spread this message of anchoring humanity and compassionate conversation by demonstrating conversations and how Keith and I go through them and we really appreciate you helping us uh, spread these conversations. So now I'll kick it back to you to mm. say what we what we start with on, mm. uh, on, on what was in the conversation with CJ. Uh,
0: with CJ, we get into a lot of mental processing, processing the the exhaustion of the black cultural movement, uh, processing the ego and how to navigate his own identity and privilege um, we get into a few other things. What else do we get into, Rodney?
3: Man, we talk about his journey uh, and, and what success has looked like and him accepting it. That's a really, I, I, I took a lot from that conversation. And I hopefully somebody else will get something out of it. We talk about his relationship with his father. Uh, we talk about social media and balancing image, but CJ lives in a world of social, and we get into that. It's a super nuanced conversation where we get into a lot of things, and I'm just going to stop talking now and
0: say, let's get into it. <laughs> let's, let's go. And uh, on to the conversation with CJ. All
3: right, we're going to take a little break here. I want to tell you about something pretty amazing that we stumbled upon. A little ways back, we interviewed this amazing dude, Kwame Bowen, and he shared with me after the episode that his mother is a poet. And what's awesome about that is that he has all of her writings and all her poems, but what he doesn't have is her reading them. That inspired Keith and I to then start recording videos for our daughters.
0: And as we started recording those videos, we started running into the challenges, the challenges of Where are we going to send them to our daughters? How are we going to get them to them? Where are we going to save them? Is it going to be Google Drive? Is it going to be OneDrive? And then along came GiftPod. It's an audio memory that you can record and give as a private podcast. What they're going to do is edit, add music, and produce the audio that you provide them into a professional podcast that you can share with your family members for any purpose. We use it for our daughters in the future. All right, so check it out. In the write-up for this podcast,
3: you're going to see a link to GiftPod. If you use promo code MIC10, you're going to get a discount. And uh, leave some amazing memories for your friends, family, loved ones, maybe for yourself. Why why don't you time
0: capsule this for yourself? I don't know. So check them out. Giveagiftpod.com MIC10 promo code.
2: to do the best that we can with what we have how we can and some people will not like you for absolutely no reason at all and some people need help and they don't even know they need help some people need love and patience they don't even know they need it and we just have to give it to them and we have to make sure that we stand tall we walk tall and we keep it moving Um, I define success as living your life on your own terms and making an impact in your community living a living a joyful life with your with the, your loved one um, I've studied too much gone through too much to understand that by the end of the, by the end of my life's journey the things that are going to matter the most are love uh, family friendships um, moments of of peace and serenity. Um.
0: Welcome back to More In Common Podcast. Uh, Today we're with CJ Johnson. So CJ, okay, I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to read all of his accomplishments in like one breath maybe. We'll see, it's a challenge. Um, Is an acclaimed speaker and digital marketing consultant servicing Fortune 50 clients worldwide and he's a prominent digital influencer with hundreds of thousands of online supporters. CJ is best known for creating successful influencer marketing campaigns as both an influencer and a consultant, helping content creators and companies maximize their ROI. As a successful influencer, CJ uses his voice for creative storytelling to provide inspiration, branding tips, and work-life balance advice in our modern modern era. Era. Era? Era. <laughs> as a consultant, CJ specializes in digital brand strategy, creative campaigns, influencer marketing, future of work, diversity and inclusion, and trend forecasting. His work specializes in the technology, fashion, lifestyle, political, travel, and entertainment industries. Now, CJ first found success as an award-winning creative director, producer, and writer working on countless music videos commercials films and television projects and since then he successfully co-founded one of the top 50 digital agencies in los angeles became the on-demand branding guru of silicon beach revolutionizing growth hacking content creation and influencer marketing scaling marketing teams and ambassador programs for on-demand apps so after finding much success cj evolved with the changing times as we all should showcasing his skills as a futurist and strategist now serving as a GQ insider, Google next-gen policy leader, and a branding consultant to innovative companies. Currently, CJ, if he's not doing enough, is, spending, is, is based in Los Angeles, California with his daughter, Fiona, where they enjoy the ocean and father-daughter jam sessions. Welcome to the show. That is it mouthful? And I did not succeed in one breath. I don't know.
2: <laughs> Welcome, man.
0: Thanks Welcome. for joining. Thanks for joining us, man.
2: Uh, thanks, thanks for having me. And I appreciate that uh, that bio rundown. Um, we need to find a way to simplify that. Um, CJ is an award-winning violinist uh, currently residing in <laughs> Oceanside City. There you That's go. What it we'll, we'll do that. We'll time. do that.
0: Thank you for providing it, though, because, you know, it makes <laughs> it easy when I don't have to create the words. It, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic, too,
3: because it answered one of my questions for you later, and you are a futurist. I was like, ah, oh, I, I feel like you're a futurist. Um, yeah, all right, so look, absolutely. I, w- I want to jump right in because you mentioned something in the lead up about being exhausted on the heels mm-hmm. of you got COVID going on. We mm-hmm. got Brianna, we got Aubrey, we got George, and countless this others. This is going to be like, my
0: question, too. Just yeah. So you have that for yeah. Um,
3: When you said that, you felt some exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I mean, I think all, all of us are feeling some exhaustion. But specifically as a black man, um, having people reach out, friends, coworkers, family, I very, very much identify with that, but I want, I want to know what that meant. Like, what was that for you? What was that? Or what is it? I don't know if it's got, has it gone away for you?
2: Yeah, no, it hasn't. Um, you know, <laughs> it hasn't at all. Um, you know, listen, there's something that, you know, may not be getting discussed enough, which is, there are so many different walks of life and different, different styles and perspectives of people. And one of the common conversations that we're hearing, doesn't matter what color you are um, or where you're coming from, is that during this time, during the age of COVID, we all want to be in a better place after COVID-19. Now, the issue that happens with uh, disenfranchised communities, and I'm just going to talk from the perspective of a black man, is that we don't get those opportunities on an equal playing field. So COVID-19 provided an equal playing field because so many of us are on social media because we mostly have mobile devices. Now, when Black Lives Matter emerged, every disenfranchised community was like, this is my time. Like, this this will be the time. Yes, I have to answer these questions even if I don't want to answer these questions. Yes, I am incredibly tired. I'm tired just the same way you're tired. Um, I have to go to work while also having to carry all of this emotional pain of, of seeing uh, different members of my community being gunned down and being and have people and observe people having conflict about what that means to them. Um, never in a million years would I think that um, I would be a grown man discussing human rights as in my right. Like, I'm not talking about, like, some third world country. This is fucking America. This is, I'm talking about, like, my right. Like, me, me, a year ago, I'm a success story. Now I'm an endangered species. Of course I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm sleepy. I have amazing, amazing family and friends. And they're all different shades of the rainbow. And they all want to support. And I talked to my sister and a homegirl is like, I don't even want to hear about this anymore. I'm tired. I talked to my, uh, my mom, and she's like, you got to be careful what you say publicly. I talked to my um, ex-wife, who's white, and she's like, I want to go protest with you and Fiona. Um, you know, I got Fiona who's asking me genuine, profound, wise questions. Dad, I thought this whole thing with Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X years ago, I thought that they marched and all that stuff, so this wouldn't be a thing. It's still a thing? Why would anybody want to kill you, your dad? Sweetheart, I don't even know how to answer that. All I can tell you is that we have to do the best that we can with what we have, how we can. And some people will not like you for absolutely no reason at all. And some people need help. And they don't even know they need help. Some people need love and patience and they don't even know they need it. And we just have to give it to them. And we have to make sure that we stand tall, we walk tall, and we keep it moving. So I had to find ways as this dude who makes a living uh, talking about productivity and work-life balance and emotional intelligence and well-being. I had to find new ways to be healthy. Because it was a lot, you know. Here what here I am, a single dad. Sometimes I get lonely, and now you know people won't leave me the fuck alone because they're checking in on me. Um, and you know, Jesus Christ, thank God! Like for fucking fantasy football and sports coming back and basketball playoffs, because I, you know, I'm just t- I'm t- i when a white person, <laughs> no, no offense, white shout out to white people. Um, yeah. when, person a... like, when, when white people are like, "I'm so tired of this conversation," yeah. and then you hear a black person immediately be like, "So are we?" You know, I think that there needs to be acknowledgement that not only am I exhausted about having this conversation, I don't want to have this conversation at all. Like my father had that conversation, my grandfather had that conversation, my great grandfather. I'm an I'm my, I'm a descendant of of, of slaves. And I'm, I'm doing it the right way. And I'm still an endangered species. So if, if I'm doing it the right way, quote unquote, and that's not enough, like it's still a topic of conversation, I'm beyond exhausted. I'm angry. I'm angry, I'm jaded, I'm tired. Depression is high depression is like like depre- like depression doesn't even look the same as it might to you. It might look incredibly different for me. You know, what's my value? If you're telling if I'm questioning my value to you, I'm having to explain something to you about why I don't want to be racially profiled and how that might be an issue, How I don't like microaggression, what's a microaggression? A microaggression is you is me even having to explain what I'm explaining? Why am I explaining anything to you? Let's talk about fucking football, man. What? And let's uh, talk about <laughs> let's talk about some real shit. You, football.
0: Um, you like football, like 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 basketball, <laughs> you know? Let's yeah. let's talk yeah. about things that matter, right? You yeah, said, absolutely. I mean, in this ex- exhaustion, the exhaustion mm-hmm. of being checked in on.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How? So this is something Rodney and I talk about as far as like allyship and all that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, how you're in tech, we're in tech, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of white people, Mm -hmm. not a lot of black people, Mm -hmm. relatively speaking. So it's like statistically speaking, statistically speaking relative to other industries, but it's definitely not a lot. Um, a lot of white people will reach out to the black person that they know. What's that experience
2: like for you?
3: Shitty. Sorry, that yeah. I answered for you. Yeah, here.
2: <laughs> no, yeah. Shit, Rodney's right. It's a, uh, it's exhausting. I mean, look, it's I, I you know, it's a uh, people that have good intentions and they're coming from a place of love and respect. There's no hate against that. That's not what. That's not what. When you hear people say they're exhausted and uh, with check-ins it's not because of that. It's because of, you know, again, we're having these conversations about me feeling dehumanized, mm.
3: you know, um, and they don't actually, and you feel unhuman in the conversation. Like I have to explain correct. how I feel about not feeling human. Correct. Doesn't it actually perpetuates for I mean, me? It, it perpetuates it. Perpetuates it. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Mm. It's, it, it, and, by, and by the way, you know, depending on the relationship that we have, you know, that, that puts a lot of things in perspective. You know, we, first of all, we have a, an overall culture of overthinking and overanalyzing because so much information is being thrown at us and we're, and there's so many distractions being thrown at us in, in the first place. So for example, I, like one of my ex-girlfriends, uh, she's white, she lives in New York. Um, and she was telling me during all of this, first of all, she went, she's going to ham. She's going to ham even more than some of my sisters and brothers are about uh pro black lives matter um even though we've never had that conversation in the history of us dating we never had conversations about race like or equality Hmm. because it was our relationship was just based like i was a human being to her like she saw me as cj and i saw her as who she is and it was so interesting because all of a sudden like you know she's like how are how are you and I just, you know, and I had to have a long conversation with my father and my mother about these things. And it was bizarre as fuck to me because I literally was like, yo, we dated like for a hot second. Like, I didn't know that they had, that, they, that there, was, there was even a topic of conversation of them having an issue with me. And, you know, it, it made me like replay different moments of my life and put things in a, into it uh, through a different lens. So that, that exhaustion is, is actually very mental. It's it's just it's just mental, you know. It's tough as it is to wake up and, and go do your thing, you know. Imagine waking up, doing your thing, and then everybody is looking at you with like, <sighs> I don't want to say anything wrong, and and and, 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 and walking on eggshells and shit. It's like, okay, you're obviously walking on eggshells. I'm walking on eggshells, yeah. and I got to do my work. Yeah,
0: A- also- and my own,
2: and my personal life.
3: It's also a little bit physical from a time perspective which I guess time's not, not physical but it's like yeah. if I have a question about white people I got 800 <laughs> to 1000 people I can call Yeah I don't I don't know how many people I'm the only black person Very True And I Very got true. so I stopped I had to stop responding Yeah I just stopped responding to people. Like even on our team, like I just had to stop responding because I didn't have time to tell them that I didn't feel like talking to them.
0: This is a a nuance of this conversation when we like, and I bring it up specifically because I don't, we haven't talked about it much Mm -hmm. on the show. And like, I talked to Rodney and some other friends and like fairly aware of this situation. And It's just something that people, I don't think enough people are realizing like, and then the question is, well, how do I do it? Well, you don't need to do it as a token, right? Like if you haven't talked to that person in a personal way for the last six months that you've worked with them and now all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. like you're really concerned about them like understand that there's a lot of other people probably doing that too. And just slow down. Your ego doesn't need mm-hmm. that checkbox. Right. So it's
2: absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and and I think, uh, and, and, and uh, one thing that you said, you know, that's very important to know is that like checking in with somebody is just checking in with somebody. There doesn't, it doesn't need to be um, there's something that I do that I shared with some of my friends. They got kind of mad at me about this, but I have a list of people that like are priorities to me. Mm-hmm. That like, I do take out time to check in on people. This is something that I implemented. Uh, when we talk about life hacks, it was a life hack that I implemented of like, okay, I'm gonna make a list of like the the you know, when they say you're a reflection of the top five people in your in your everyday yeah, life, yeah. and you're right, and then also top, top 20, you know, who are those people that like I rock with, that I have to make sure that I check in on, that I have mm-hmm. to make sure. So, you know, there shouldn't be like a color equation to that, right. you know, it, it should be very simple of like, who makes you, who brings joy to your life, not conflict.
0: If they're and, on your list going into an event like this, check in on mm-hmm. them. If they're not on your list, yeah. like someone mm-hmm. else, hopefully will check in on them.
3: Right? Well, I think, are Absolutely. you going to get to yeah. what a check-in looks like as well? Because like,
0: yeah. I think yeah. there's
3: a way to check in that's like, Keith, you kind of alluded to this. Uh, are you checking in for you or are you checking in for mm-hmm. them? And Correct. I think a lot of the people that reached out to me wanted to assuage their ego. Like, oh, well, yeah. I know a black person and I checked on them. So like, I'm good.
2: I feel bad. Absolutely. I lo- so you both said something that I, I have to talk about real quick. And that is ego. Like the, 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 first of all, ego isn't real. Right. So like, that is like a manifestation of, of our, of the, the reflection of our culture. Right. So if if ego isn't really supposed to play a large role in our deciding factors of how we live our lives, but because of social media, it, it now people mix the two. People mix that philosophy of the ego. The ego is totally the enemy. Um, I'm sure you guys are the type of guys that re- read Brian literature. I, I, I Absolutely. Yeah. I haven't read it yet.
0: We just talked about it yesterday. Yeah. Yes. I saw you of reading a, a book in your social media. I, I thought it was a, a stoic book. Um,
2: well, yeah. I, I mean, I know. practice stoicism. I practice yeah. stoicism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and And look, the reason why I say that is because that is the issue. Like, it's not sexism, racism. It's ego. Ego. The ego of... I am better than you. And because of social media, it's increased, right? Because now subconsciously, even consciously, we like, man, I'm not comparing myself to anybody. Subconsciously you are, you can't help it. Because Always. if you, you're right. And, like, and imagine like, imagine you being like a day, like a, like a, a bad day. Like I'm tired, I don't feel good, I don't look good. Everybody's driving me a little crazy. And then you scroll through your Instagram. And one of your friends, or maybe a friend of me, whatever, is having the time of their fucking lives in cabo. You can't help but be like,
0: it's oh, human. Man, I, I want to be in I cabo. Guess, I, yeah. I want to be in cabo. And, yeah, and, and, right.
2: and that per, and that person is showing you that yeah. so they can uh, massage their ego as well. So when we talk about race and we talk about check-ins and we talk about these sort of philosophies, you know, that plays a large role in this. You know, no nobody A a white man uh, in an authoritative position puts his neck on, uh, puts his knee on somebody's neck. Maybe that has nothing to do with racism. It has everything to do with that man feeling a type of way to release his masculinity. That's ego. And the impact that that makes on me. Well, depending on my emotional wounds, because each and every one of us comes from different emotional wounds, I may see that from a different perspective. Um, same thing when you're doing check ins. Great ways to do check ins is. Hey, before we go not- check
3: ins, can we go back real quick? I just want to go into that sure. just for a sure. second. So, Absolutely. ego being a con, like, so it sounds like you're saying that ego is a construct of culture, which is very much permeated by social media, permeated, perpetuated. Ha! By yeah. social media. I knew it was a P word. word. Um, and, and so the ego, there's this there's this piece of self, but much of it's being taken from what others mm-hmm. are telling us it should be or the comparison versus others.
2: And, Absolutely. It's it's playing a larger role in the way of all dynamics. This isn't just erasing, this is even like like when we talk about love and relationships and um, you know, the comparison of like parenting. You know, I'm parenting. My parenting style is better than your parenting style. Um, You should parent this way. Um, You should be single for a little bit. No, you should date right away. Like, all of that shit is, like, Uh ego-based. And it's it's becoming an increasing part of our lives because we're mixing the two. We're mixing the two. The two are not the same.
3: So a misalignment to my ego is what creates the the environment or the ecosystem that then perpetuates racism Absolutely. or sexism i or mean
0: you take the of them, yeah. racism component of it and the backlash of the conversation mm-hmm. that is very much an ego-driven backlash it's to say mm-hmm. i'm not racist therefore right. racism doesn't exist and yeah. because if it does exist or white privilege is a really good example mm-hmm. well i worked really really hard for what I have, Um, therefore, if I worked hard and Mm -hmm. white privilege exists, maybe I didn't work hard or that narrative that that I I had told myself and and thus racism's not a problem. And it's like, well, both things are are true, right? Like we can have that conversation and you can still be a hard worker and still have benefited from privilege because you just live in America. Right, like but, that very funda- fundamental aspect. You weren't born in, uh, in 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 the middle of uh, a slum in India. Like, as right. a woman, like you're done. Right, like your your entire life trajectory is very different than being born a white male in America.
2: Like It's just a fact. Absolutely. Right? Listen, when you w- the worst thing you can do to someone is to destroy their perception of reality yes because what you're doing and that's the reason why this is so difficult for so many people from all sorts of different situations because because basically we're coming from these different perspectives of our emotional wounds right you've got your perspective you got your perspective. are you a fan of the enneagram
3: as you say that of what do you know are you do you are you familiar with the enneagram yeah yeah you say emotional wounds.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that I'm a I'm a fan. i mean, I'm a I'm acknowledging that each and every one of us. Um, you acknowledge it's 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 premise, yeah it, underlying it, premise. It, absolutely, and 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 also understanding that like especially social media plays such a critical role in all of this, um, that now we're able to to really tunnel vision our our reality so when you it's like the equivalent of like you know popping a balloon you know you're you're it's your life and you're and it's just floating and you're like doing your thing and then somebody comes along and just pops it and you're still a balloon but now everything has been been shredded uh we like to play the victim a lot this person did this to me and and therefore because they did this to me it impacted me this way we so so that 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 lack of ownership and authority over our own spirit and our lives, um, even that, like that plays a role in in how we how we perceive things and how we respond. Um, You know, you tell. Listen, if I were to tell like my white ex-girlfriend, there's plenty of them. uh, (laughs) um, But if I were to say like, um, yeah, you used to do microaggressions. If somebody were to come up to them and be like, yo, you're racist. And her response would be like, how could I possibly be fucking I racist? I dated a black guy. I dated a black guy. I, like, this is my love of my life. Um, that doesn't mean shit, honestly. It doesn't. And you acknowledging that, and you acknowledging, well, maybe, huh, that is so disruptive. It unravels your entire reality. Your idea of who you
3: are or what is true. It. Or... Your
2: Your identity is different. Your philosophies are different. Um, it's, it almost feels like it's a form of gaslighting. That's why people are so resistant to mm-hmm. you, to, to the other side of a, of a conversation. And, and, and in reality, you know, and, and I think, and this is just from my own perspective, I think you just find this out with like life experience. Like it's it's always shades of gray. Some things are open-ended that you just won't understand and figure out. Some things you will like we all have to, to, to create some sort of narrative of like how something works for us to feel comfortable and calm. That's also one of the reasons why anxiety is such a big fucking deal right now, because all we see are contradiction mm-hmm. in every aspect of our lives. You know, one minute, you know, if I drink soy milk with my fucking coffee, I'm healthy. The next minute it's oat milk. Um, you know, if I decide to be a vegetarian, I should actually be a vegan. If I decide I don't want to be either of those things, um, you know, uh, and I just want to eat meat and not be told what the fuck I eat, like, well, you still have to pay attention to your diet. It's just like, wow, Jesus Christ, like that's a lot. Can I just live?
0: There's so there's so much estrogenic and it causes cancer.
3: What what what? I thought it was there's, healthy. Yeah. There's
0: so much information. It's a there there's this constant disruption to stability. Mm-hmm that it's like, I just want to, I, I mean, I talked to, um don't want to uh, identify this person, but a friend. <laughs> and um, we'll you know who him. you are. You know who you are.
3: His
0: his sentiment, it's like, I get why athletes are protesting and using their platform. I get it. But I just want to watch sports, mm-hmm. right? And it's don't that, know. that right there. It's like, I just want normalcy. And mm. ultimately, we all do. and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we're in this cultural circumstance to, to try to find at the end of the day that normalcy is different for all of us and we should accept everybody's normalcy as long as it doesn't Absolutely. infringe upon other people's normalcy. And until our systems mm-hmm. provide for that, then the shit's going to keep going because people can't get out of their own egos.
2: Well
3: Some yeah. people get violent about keeping their sense of normalcy at the cost of mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. There,
2: there's there's so up. many, con- there's so many contradictions. I mean, I love, uh, you know, I love what I do for a living and I love my lifestyle because I'm always able to have these conversations like this on a daily basis and see how people don't Understand mm-hmm. that they're perpetuating the very thing that they're getting upset about. It's it's so insane. And when you break it, like I said, when you break it down for people, you know, I used to be, you know, one of those people that's like, listen, let me problem solve this shit for you because this is what I do for a living. Let me, let me. Um, you're the fucking problem. <laughs> uh you want to know what the commonality is? You. So shape up or ship out. Um, but <laughs> I do all... <laughs> like. Good eighty percent of my life is like women are involved, so I can't talk like that. So I, I live. I, I've learned the art of listening, um, and 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 being very respectful, and 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 really guiding the conversations in a way of like self awareness. Self awareness is so huge and painful. Um, but it's an, an example I did, of that,
3: and because I, I want to yeah. know if you experience this, this, sure. it is self awareness being painful. Successful black man doing mm-hmm. well. It's not awesome being a black man in this country or the world for that matter, as we talk about it being not awesome to be black in I don't know, like Latino communities. But then it's that dichotomy. Like I'm yeah. doing all right. I've been fortunate enough to be around some people that are helping me. So my like acknowledging my privilege inside mm-hmm. of the microcosm mm-hmm. of still having issues, it's like, damn. Like that that fucks with me. Yeah. Really? It
2: does. Why why does that fuck with you?
3: Uh, because some days I'm just like, man, it sucks, and then other days I'm like, yeah, but you're good, and uh, so I'm having this conversation with myself, and that just, mm-hmm. and then, and then the outlet is usually like, all right, so what am I going to do about it? And then that's where I, right. that's where I am like, oh well, I'm, I can use the privilege that I have to help others who don't have it, and right, that's where that's where I find some solace. But there are days mm-hmm. where it's just like, damn, it's just like a mind fuck.
2: You know, I think that's really interesting because I hear that from everybody like I hear that from a 26 year old white girl in Brooklyn. I hear that from uh, you know a black man that's like in his 50s in, in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, you know I hear so much of that and I think that I think that that's because of a little bit of like what we're talking about you know when you're when you're finding success and you clearly see some people are struggling, you can't help but have a little bit of guilt. And um, depending on, you know, where you're coming from and how hard you work. And one of the things that I always, I always say to myself and I say to other people is like, accept your journey for what it is and accept that like, one, you should, one, you should be so lucky and privileged and appreciative and joyful of life that you're able to do the things that you're able to do right now. And what you just said that you articulated so well is that don't use guilt as like, um, as the lead in, just understand it. Like ask yourself real questions. Like, you know, why am I here? Like, what is the contribution that I can make to my community? Hey, look, um, I do just like want to watch sports and not talk about politics, but what am I doing to help the conversation? Like what's one thing that I can do today to help the conversation, not make it complex. You know, uh, I'm a successful black man. Um, should, I, should I flex or should I downplay that? Well, if depends I on downplay the room I'm in. that, depends on the room I'm in. And by the way, if I downplay that, then I'm only perpetuating a stereotype that, that there isn't a successful black man that look like me. When I flex, that shows you what a powerful black man looks like. So for me, I prefer the flex. Now, uh, that doesn't mean that I'm not humble. Um, It just means that, like, yes, I am going to get a fucking latte at Blue Bottle. And there's nothing fucking wrong with that because I earned it. And by the way, uh, you know, I used to sleep in a fucking car um, while I was an intern at MTV Series Development and holding down a job at 24 Hour Fitness. Okay, so... Um, I've done all that. So So let's get into it because there's a
3: dichotomy. You just said something that's real two things. One, accepting your journey. And I've identified this as my number one problem accepting Mm. my success. And like, that's Mm. the harder part. I can accept failure, Mm. it's my success Mm. that's harder. Mm. You just talked about sleeping in a car. So I want to talk about your journey. Like, how were you? Like yeah, like
0: what you also alluded, I'm sorry, Rodney, but you yeah. also alluded to your father and you wanted to be yeah. a better man than him, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. like let's yeah, yeah, totally. where does this energy and self-awareness and acceptance come from? of
3: your journey yes. come from? Yes. yes.
2: Yeah, um, I don't know which question you want me to add. Whichever one you want to. We're we're throwing it all out
0: there because, you know, we don't have a ton of time with you (laughs) today and we want to get to know you you a little bit bit more.
2: I'll give you you an extra 10 minutes. Uh, I'll give you an extra 10 minutes with me Um, because this is a great conversation. People need to know what we're talking about and discussing. So, first of all, um, humble beginnings. um, I don't even want to say humble beginnings. I have had that journey of um, what's the worst that could happen? I saw what that's looked like, what that what that's looked like. What's the best that can happen? I've also seen what that looks like um, from a personal standpoint and from a professional standpoint. So a lot of times when I'm going into these conversations with anyone, I just have like such a nuanced perspective of things. Um, yeah, when I was a college kid, first of all, I live in Los Angeles. It's super expensive to live out here. Um, my family is uh, military. Uh, my father is in the U.S. Army, retired and now.
3: up and ship out. I, I I thought I heard that. I was like, there's the military. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, totally military. So I li- so I lived all around the world. Um, you know, m- but my household was very strict. My parents had me when they were when they were young and when they were in college. So they were like young young twenty somethings figuring out how to be parents. And my dad was like like a total frat dude. So there was all sorts of, like, dysfunction going on, um, and they tried to do their best. I was a very intellectual kid, um, and we just lived all around the world like, to experience all these different cultures. So we ended up living in the Marshall Islands on this island called Kwajalein. So if you were to look this up on Google, it's K-W-A-J.
0: Watch. We'll put this in the show notes for sure.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, this is why this is wild. It's uh, three miles long, one mile wide. It is where we test um, the missiles defense for our country. Wow. So I graduated with a class of twenty five kids, and then I moved to Los Angeles, one of the biggest metropolitan cities in the world. And I had no friends out here. I was um, I got a bunch of grants and scholarships. Um, I, I really was not very good with with money management. Um, I was like totally living like a college lifestyle. Los Angeles is considered one of the loneliest cities um, in the world. And, and that I mean, is really, because man. it is, yes, it's very difficult to find friends in a community in Los Angeles because it's so spread out and it's so niche.
3: That makes uh, sense. I get, yeah, yeah.
2: I get, yeah. So the black kid coming out here, you know, it took, it took me a while to find my rhythm. Um, but yes, I was, um, you know, um, none of my, by the way, none of my friends, I went to art school um Institute of california los angeles all of my friends were from los angeles and um most of them didn't do student housing so that experience of student housing was actually living in the apartment complexes that they rented out rooms for us so for me i was very eager to live on my own um and anyway um i was i was like a black zach morris from yeah, if you guys are if you guys really oh, familiar see, with Stay by, by the Bell. Bell. Yeah, yep. So I was Did you date I was, Tiffany? Uh, <laughs> um I did. And uh and uh Lark, did. Lark and uh, Elizabeth. Yes, I Jeff, dated all of them Jesse. at this point. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I had a little bit of everything at this point. Um but the reason why I say that is that like I was really like a big prankster, like hustler, entrepreneur, and very charming. Um so I would always be in trouble. And and the question would always come up, you know, this is plays in our conversation, the question would always come up is like, am I am I getting racially profiled or is it just because I'm, you know, I, I like I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of an asshole, like I can't, I can't tell here. Um, did you I hear this or not? <laughs> yeah. Did I hear this or not? Um, and at one point in time, you know, I was like, um, homeless, I was living in a car uh, next to the beach. Um, Couch surfing, man, couch surfing for like almost two years.
0: Oh, wow. Um,
2: Yeah. And uh, while I was in college and I still, you know, graduated um, with honors. Um, I was at MTV series development um, as an intern. Um, I was recruited out of college to work as a video editor at Mattel Toys. Um, And yeah, there was like all sorts of like interesting things that happened from that journey um, my dad was very, very successful. He's a leader in the community. Um, uh, but, you know, he wasn't like the best dad to me. I have a sister, um, 10 year difference. He was, he's father of the year for her. A lot of the shit that, like, he's I experienced. Yeah, it yeah. was just the complete opposite. So, yeah. so, so that was always an interesting dichotomy. I'm, I'm my own man now, but growing up is a very interesting dichotomy. Why? Because I got to see what it looks like when people change. I also got to see what it looks like when people save and invest their money. I also got what it looked like when people were coming from humble beginnings and like became well off later in life. So whenever people would tell me, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. It's like, you haven't even heard my story. I don't tell, this is not, by the way, I am so about being in the present. I try not to think too much about the future and the past has already been written. It's already happened. That doesn't define me. So a lot of times people think they're like, man, you're just some bougie black dude like who just has it all together. Like, you know, and your family looks very nice and well off, like you just, so that's where you come from. And it's like, no, that was all earned. All of that was earned. All of that came with pain, sweat and tears. Um, So when people say, oh, wow, you're an entrepreneur, you're doing all these amazing things. Man, dude, when I was like 21 years old, Um, I was working at a Fortune 500 company. I was in a cubicle. I was working a corporate job. I do know what that's like to do that. And I hated it. I hated it so much. I hated it so much that I would try to quit. And this was the most interesting thing about me being at Mattel Toys. It was during the time of the digital revolution. So I was the person that created, I created the digital library for Mattel Toys. And I did that at 21 years old. Man. and I was being groomed by the VP of this the, the the CEO Bob Eckert, who was at the time was considered one of the best CEOs um, in America. And I don't talk about this at all. Nobody would ever know that. I tried to quit several times because I hated it. I came out here to be a filmmaker and an artist and I um, <laughs> um, um, every time I quit, I had a black boss, um, and he was like, I'm not going to let you quit because yeah, benefits, this is a very high paid job. And he's like, what can we, and we, and also you're doing all these things. What can we do to keep you here? I was like, I don't want to work on Fridays anymore. And he's like done. And then, um, he got fired. He got laid off. Um, I think that was around 2010. So the 2008, 2010 was around the, the how,
0: how long were you at Mattel? Like at this point, five years, five years, five years. Okay. okay.
2: So I was there, I was there Mattel for five years, um, the economy went to shit. Yeah. Um, and he got fired. My entire team got fired and I was the only person there. I tried to quit.
0: <laughs> so every, you want to quit and everybody <laughs> yeah. else gets fired. Isn't that a bitch?
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and and no joke. I was like, I don't want to work on Mondays anymore. So they're like, fine. My pay never got impacted. And then after a while, they're just like, Okay who the fuck is CJ and why does he make this amount of money but he only comes in three days a week. Yeah. Who, what the fuck's going on yeah. And um, so so I was able to not work on Fridays um, for for like 15 years. I worked that into every agreement of a job um, since then. And, um, and that's a good part of my lifestyle.
0: <laughs> there's a, there's a, so you keep, you've said, I don't tell the story. It's actually one of the, I think, principal components of what we care about, because I think, I mean, we talked about this earlier in the week, but this idea, like you talk about everything, you, you mentioned things like black lives matter, and you mentioned police violence, and we mentioned all of these charged topics for a lot of people and, mm-hmm. You're a super successful black dude with a daughter, and you know, you dress well and you look good. And so you are all of these things that I think of you. So then when you say these things, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying me personally, just the sure. universal eye. When you say these things, I immediately think of, oh, you're you're something. So I'm gonna make a whole bunch of assumptions about where you come from and who you are. And like you said, we all come yeah. from a different background. So like I appreciate you sharing all of that stuff because we think it's super important. It, it it paints the story of your life, so that mm-hmm. uh, it's like now when we talk about these things, all of a sudden, everything that you different say context. comes from a totally different context and perspective, and it's like oh man, and the this,
2: art of listening and asking questions. It
0: is a remarkable thing. Hey, it speaking of,
3: you made a little problem. like um, a little shrug at uh you're successful what, yeah you did how does tj define success
2: mm. Mm. um i define success as living your life on your own terms and making an impact in your community living a living a joyful life with your with the your loved ones um, i've studied too much gone through too much to understand that by the end of the, by the end of my life's journey the things that are going to matter the most are love, uh, family, friendship, <laughs> um, moments of of peace and serenity. Um, I success in professional terms is so subjective, um, so I shrug because you know uh, what is success uh you know that's why days.
3: that's why the question um back to your social media comment yeah I think a lot of people get they their their success criteria is exactly what you said. It's mm-hmm. my friends in Cabo, I'm not I'm not successful.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On and
3: on and on and on. Um yeah. I wanna ask yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: just real quick like yeah just because yeah. this came up the other day with us And for me in particular, like if I look at my entire life as it is right now, from the outside, people would be like, that dude's successful. But Mm -hmm. I don't feel it, to your point, about joy. Joy, like there are things that I have so much joy. And you talk about Mm -hmm. that corporate arch where it's like those five years, man, it's a grind and it is not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And eliminating those components of our lives to find joy in what we do. That I'm totally with you, and not there yet. But there's so much joy in my life now that mm-hmm. you know I see more success as a result of it. So I mean, I love the way you, you put that there.
3: So thinking about uh, yeah. present present a little bit, um, digital marketing, influencing, and at the same time, you talk about the the effects of social media how mm-hmm. how are you and we talked a little bit about the new documentary on netflix uh earlier this week social like, dilemma. Yeah. um which is on my it's on my next i have not watched it yet okay. but it's on my next and but like okay. since you brought it up like five mm-hmm. people brought it up like everybody <laughs> articles everybody's bringing it up
2: yeah
3: <laughs> and i don't know like e- either as uh, take this how you will either as a result sure. of watching that or just prior Mm -hmm. to that, like how do you think about balancing Mm -hmm. how you show up on social media, who you are, Mm -hmm. how people Mm -hmm. perceive that. And also Mm -hmm. the things that you you have goals, you have, you have things you're trying to accomplish. How Mm -hmm. do do you try to balance it? Do you just try to show Mm -hmm. up as you, like, how do you, how do you go about that?
2: Yeah. So, uh, so real quick, that documentary is, Um, uh, because you haven't seen it yet, like that documentary has like zero impact on my life. Um, Mm -hmm. The topics addressed in that documentary is actually what I do for a living for the Ah.
3: past
2: eight years. So it's relevant in the context of, see all of the things I was telling you guys about, now you're just seeing it on a Netflix show and you don't even realize that Netflix is also like a part of the problem as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're at the end of the day you're the product. And you're you've always been the product. So when people say how does this company make money? They make money off of your information and your influence and your data. And now it's just becoming even more um fine-tuned because they can say I want you or I want you and they know exactly what that what they, what they need to do. So Um, Yes, I do find balance in that. That's one of the biggest things that I try to talk a lot about is finding balance in what this looks like. There's different components of how I've looked at it over time, and there's different components of how I try to talk to people of how they should look at it. One, if you are very happy and successful in what you do for a living and your family, it should just be seen as like a photo album. Like, you shouldn't be trying to do anything. Like, you should just literally be like, you know, oh, yeah, Instagram, whatever. It should not play a large role in your life. If you are um, in this entrepreneurial journey, this like, I would love to be a content creator, I would love to be an influencer, different ballgame, right? Because it's either fake it till you make it, or it's a highlight reel, or it's by design. But it is absolutely not um uh what's the word uh, not chaotic um spontaneous it's not spontaneous it's all by design so 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 it it's all intentional so if it looks like it's not it actually is it's all yeah. by design like you know a, a girl still tosses her hair you know puts a, a her jacket on sideways takes a photo <laughs> And like does a, a twenty of those shots before you see that final one that's like, oh my god, I wish I could just look like that if I just like got out of bed. Um when you see me, you know, my friends are so funny because they're like, Look at Mr. Fucking GQ, like you guys yeah, you, you always have like a fucking photographer with you? Yes, I do. It's a part of my fucking job. Yes. This is what I, so I do. Like, I do, yes. Could I sum
3: up rule would it be fair <laughs> or accurate to sum up number one by saying know the game you're playing? Uh,
2: Yeah. You know, um, and I only say this depending on who I'm talking to uh, because, again, I try not to, like, throw my own belief system on people, but, like, I do see see the game of life like chess. Mm. So what I mean by that is, like, every move that I make, I try to be conscious of what the the two moves will look like down the line. That's how I play the role as a, as a trend forecaster and a a futurist. It is not me thinking about all the anxiety of X, Y, and Z. It's me being like, okay, if I make this decision, what's the impact of that? So I'm always looking for what, what massive action can I do that plays a large impact? And as as you have more experiences, you're really able to understand that the decisions that you make always has a domino effect, you know, and it's, it's a matter of like, okay, well, what, what are the little things that I'm doing that are habitual? What are the little things that I'm doing to, to add to my lifestyle to make it make my life be what I envision for myself? Like all of that is by design. All of that is a plan. You don't necessarily have to know it in the beginning because I think that trips a lot of people up. Um, But what you should do is you should ask yourself, like, what is the why? Like, you know, what is the purpose of this? And a lot of times, you know, you might find that like, oh, shit, like I'm – I, you know what I ask myself now? I ask myself, is this serving my ego or is this serving my purpose? So if I take a shirtless photo of me and I put it on Instagram, am I doing that because I'm trying to lay a thirst trap for somebody or am I doing that because it's moving the conversation forward? Well, what conversation am I moving forward? Right? So that for me is like a chess move. It's like, if I don't do that, I don't have to do anything at all or I can do something completely different. Right. I just, I just so, asked
0: myself that question this morning about um, voiceover. So Rodney's into voiceover and I think it's interesting. I think it would be a cool hobby to pick up. Yeah. And, and I started reading this book that Rodney had recommended to me and I was thinking, am I going to be able to invest all of my energy into this yeah. in the way that the people who wrote this book do? And I said to myself, no, that's not going to happen. So then why <laughs> am I, why am I doing it? Right? Like if I can't do that, is it moving the needle and what needle is it moving? And it turns out the answer on that for me is, oh, it'd be an interesting hobby. And it's as simple as that, right? Like yeah. if I were able to do something with it, it would be passing and it would be passive mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be this mm-hmm. life goal or achievement. And right. in that, I probably won't do any of it, but the the practice of it and the all of that would just be fun and it would be a hobby. And ultimately, to your point, like my, my the first thing that came to me was I'm doing this. my first thought is this is just ego driven. And it's like, okay, if it is ego driven, cool. Like to your example, if I want to take Mm -hmm. a a shirtless photo, maybe I just don't need to put it on the internet. Right. Like, yeah, serve the ego and then I'll move on.
2: I think even when you say that it it ties a lot of what we were discussing before into this very interesting thing of like, you know, now see, this is the problem. Now when you, when you do a when you do a hobby, you don't just do it to make yourself feel good. You do it because it may be profitable. Yeah. Like you just yeah. like you just said that. Yeah. And it's a fucking hobby. Yeah. It's supposed to be something that like you do out of joy. Right. Um, and it's interesting uh, and it's interesting that, that that's where we are. Like, okay, so yeah. here's, a, here's a couple of things. One, we don't praise intellectualism like we used to. No. So 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 me reading a book is me being smart. Me taking the knowledge that I learned from that book and applying it to my life—that's the whole purpose, right? Or if I'm reading something that's a narrative, it's supposed to calm me down, like it's it's self-soothing. Um, um, and uh, and then when you talk about when you talk about uh, you know what that looks like now on social media, it just it just plays such an interesting role. As soon as you said passive, you're like, oh, it doesn't have to be passive. That. Fucking comment that conversation of like if if you can profit from that, yeah, that's a brand new thing, man. Yeah. That's not something that like you always used to say to yourself. No, a
3: hobby. Yeah,
2: that it's a hobby. Can, it can just be a so, hobby. It can it's just a hobby. be a hobby. Yeah, it's a hobby. It, you know? And you just
3: said that like social, like what it's kind of social and this culture shift. Like we're we're we're, we're kind of missing the point. Like we. Yeah. And you, you had talked about this as well earlier, reflection, taking time to mm-hmm. reflect, like, like it is, it is known scientifically that if you learn a thing or you read a thing or somebody speaks to you for an hour, you're going to keep maybe 20% of that. if the next, the coming days, you don't reflect upon it to Correct. make it knowledge that is yours, that you mm-hmm. can then apply and turn into wisdom. And it seems mm-hmm. like where it's, it is, um, making it cool to be like I just read the subtle art of not giving a fuck. I don't right. know what it said, right. but yeah. I read it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and 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 interestingly enough, um, I I um first of all, I would love just cuz I know cuz I love life hacks. I'm writing a book. Make sure the art of asking questions is so huge cuz you learn so much about right. everything. Yeah. Asking questions, reflection, Putting in action, and then the final step of that of a four-step process that I that I created is turn that action into a habit. That is how you find success. So when you're able to to define what you want your lifestyle to look like, what you want the world to lo- look like for you, those are the steps that I found have bring, bring you the most success. So the subtle art of not giving a fuck. I just real quick, um, I talked to the author, you know Mark Manson, and I'm like. I have to ask Mark because Mark is very interesting because, you know, Mark, he said something that for whatever reason, it like kind of stuck with me. He says so many profound things, but he said something about like how he wanted, he always thought surfing culture was dope. And one day he was like, I'm going to become a fucking surfer because like I've had this visualization and this dream of being a surfer. And then he did it and he hated it. And he's like, oh, I just like the idea of being a surfer. And that just alludes to what you were saying about yeah. the hobby. So yeah. so I asked him this question. I said, hey, Mark, you, you know, what's the number one question you get asked often? Like, what, out of all the questions that you get asked, what's the number one question? And he said, um, the number one question I get asked about is relationships. Hmm. Um, and am I loved? Um, does this person love me? Um, he said that love is like the number one thing that he gets asked about. I think I know and, why. And, I think he, he said that he thinks it has a lot to do with people trying to process heartbreak and, and understanding their value. And, you know, I'm interested to know what your take is on that. But I think that, I think that's really interesting that like, you know, we as men talk a lot about success. We talk about professional takes on things, but when we talk about, we don't talk enough about, you know, mental health. We don't talk en- enough about like love, and kindness you know when you when you see what a woman looks like now and she's she's very successful in her own her, on her own terms and some men are not able to accept that and um and that and that like some women are like man men are really needy like they just need a cheerleader Um, and when I'm sick, yeah, Yeah. do you mind, do you mind
0: if I, if I dig in on one thing? Cause I think it's really important and we have nine minutes of your time. So thank you for the extra 10 and we have two, one other question. So you said men don't talk about mental health enough and I totally agree. And it's a big pivot. You said earlier when we were talking about being exhausted, you said you needed to find new ways to be healthy. And you've gone through a lot of stuff, being homeless, having a rough relationship with your dad, living mm-hmm. on a very, very small island. So I'm sure going to LA, like there's a lot of stuff that you've mentally mm-hmm. processed in your
2: life. Yeah. This, divorce. Divorce. One of my friends died in a hiking accident. Ugh. Uh, my digital marketing agency. That was with uh, my ex girlfriend when we broke up. That's fun. You know that was devastating because it was very public. Yeah. So I got to see what that look, looks like when you have like a cute little Instagram couple breaking up. Yeah. It was very grimy. Yeah, for sure.
0: So, what mm-hmm. are some of these new ways that you've um, had to navigate to to manage your mental health?
2: Well. You know, it's different for, for everyone. For me, you know, I love reading. I love art. I love all these things. But it became such a, a part of my habitual routine that I had to like start to think outside of the box. So um, I don't know. I'm still, figuring, I'm still figuring that out, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, the joy of, of certain things has, has shifted. I, I, you know, even curating music playlists, is like a bit of a hobby for me um so um
0: passive hobby
2: i'm just kidding passive hobby. I
3: like what you just did was super dope and like yeah. it's so yeah. subtle but like you just yeah. acknowledge that you don't have an answer yeah. and like okay. especially you're in a profession of talking about like getting shit Give done and solving shit yeah. and you're like yeah. i don't know i'm figuring it out like I think men don't do that a lot. I think people don't do that a lot. We're right. like, ah, oh, no, I know yeah. what to
2: do for that, and it's like, mm. yeah. And that was I, just.
3: Dope. I just want to thank you for that I, moment.
2: I, I, I appreciate you saying that. I don't like the bullshit people. I like to be very honest. I like to be very humble, and sometimes I got to pull back on some on some things. You know, I can easily be like, well, guys, this is what you should do. <laughs> if you're, yeah, my Florida, listen, yeah. listen. Let me let me let me tell you something. Um, And you said this before, and then you you slightly mentioned this before, when we talk about success, you know, everybody talks about the tough journey of failure, like keep on going and one day you're going to find success. So for me, I found success pretty early. Like I told you, I was recruited out of college. I didn't have to look for employment and it was a very well-paying job. Like I had benefits and everything, like right out of the gate. Every time I tried to quit, I got what I wanted out of it. Um, I found a lot of success early. So when I started finding failure, It was like, oh shit, like that shit was hard. But the reason why I say that is it is difficult to manage your lifestyle when you found success. And people don't talk about that a lot. It's the reason why you see a wealthy, successful, famous person have mental issues. And you're like, how the fuck did they have mental issues? It's like there comes a new level of pressure because you're not under the radar. You're very much the radar. You know, When we talk about Facebook, Facebook in the beginning was anti, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now they are the system. They're the very system that they were anti in the beginning. Mm. They are that system now. That always happens when you find success. And what does that look like? Because it does change the dichotomy of your relationships personally and professionally. There are some friends that I love to death. That they feel intimidated having conversations with me. Hmm. Um, They feel like they have something to prove to me. I do not. And that push and pull sometimes can be very uneven. So when I talk about finding new ways of self soothing, finding new ways to relax, finding new ways to be productive, it is very much me trying to explore things outside of the norm and outside of my, uh, outside of the box. Like I would love to start diving into things that I'm just not very knowledgeable about. Mm. Like, um, and that's very risky, and that's very hard. Um, you know, I I love entrepreneur. Like, that's one of the, when we were saying earlier. Like, that's one of the reasons why I'm deep diving into technology. I've always been a technologist. I've always been interested in technology, but I've always come come at uh, technology from the perspective of social. And, um, and on demand and stuff like that. Those are territories that I'm familiar with. Well, what about these other territories that I'm not so familiar with? Um, motion capture, um, product based, you know, how is this playing into your everyday life with different sort of systems? And that's become a, an increasing, increasingly interesting hobby. Um, I've also taken on being much more conscious about my intake. So I say this a lot to people. I have a very diverse intake. So what what that means is that um, I do acknowledge, um, you know, if I were to use this in a political perspective, um, there's I have right wing and left wing people that follow me uh, on social. Um, Socially speaking, 77 no 67% of my audience is white. So they're being they're they're learning a lot of these things that we're discussing through me, through through the art of like my creativity and conversation. Um, but I love biographies. I love learning about different world leaders. I love storytelling and learning so many interesting things. I think one of the most interesting stories that I learned this year was about Warren Buffett. That I know all of these things about how he's awesome and he's this great trend forecaster. I had no idea why he became a, phil- uh, uh, a philanthropist, uh, 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 being interested in a phil- philanthropy. oh uh, phil- Jesus Christ, uh, I got to stop drinking so much coffee in the morning. Um, that's part of my morning routine. Sorry. Hey, right. hey, mine too. Um, <laughs> but but you know the story of his first um, you know wife that like died, and she was the person that was a huge activist, a civil rights activist, and she was literally like. You know, what are we going to do with all this money that you're obsessed with? Are we going to get it back to the community? And he's like, one day, one day, one day. And then one day she's like, yo, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. You keep obsessing about this. I'm going to live my life. And all of her kids, all of their kids followed in her footsteps. And when she was dying on her her deathbed, Kate went to her side. Making her promises on her deathbed, and then she died, and that's literally when he decided it's time to give away my fortune. I did not people know. Even, that. People don't even talk about that. Mm-hmm. People talk about how he's a shark when it comes to stocks right. and all this stuff in his relationship with Bill Gates, um, and um, and those are very these are the reason why that's so important is because as men specifically, we don't acknowledge those things, you know, or critics. Where we're like, oh, he's just, yeah, like, oh, he's just giving away his money and, like, he's doing that because, you know, and and if people were to know the reason behind that, they would be like, oh, my God, like, shit, some of these people are are fucking human. Some of these people, you know, do believe in, like, love and respect and, like, contribution to the community. You know, people...
0: Ask questions, get to know someone before you judge the behavior, thoughts, and ideas that they have, Right.
2: We have to take out the time, even though that's difficult with time management, but we have to set aside time in our day, rather it be 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Come on, we can find 15 minutes to learn something new, ask questions, do a deep dive on something. You know, the way we absorb information, here we are like, you know, it only took me this amount of time to do this. But you know, you can't even find the time to to learn something new that's outside of your will box. Like that's too much fucking work for you. Speaking right, come of, on, let's get let's get real. Speaking,
3: speaking of, people. you gave us 10 extra minutes and I really appreciate it. Like this has been it's been a really good conversation and I, I'm thinking about a lot right now. Yeah. Like a whole lot and uh I really appreciate you. Um we got one more question. And sure. we're we're at time. So that we so can be so we can we can, be, respectful we, we can honor that, that extra time. Um Let's do it. Thank and, you,
2: everybody that's listening and watching at home. You know, it, this is the reason why we're here.
3: That's this right. is why we're here. What do you want to leave the audience with?
2: What do I want to leave the audience with? I hope that uh, people that are watching. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I, hope that, <laughs> I hope that if you're watching and listening to this conversation, I hope, um, I would love for for somebody to walk away and feel a little bit extra inspired. To do something more with their life, rather than be from a pro- professional perspective, um, rather than be from a personal perspective. You know, if you're a man listening to this, I hope I hope that you know you're learning that like this is what like a normal conversation, a healthy conversation looks like. People from different perspectives listening to one another, bouncing ideas off of, of, of each other, engagement, um, you know, having a conversation. Um, if you're not a man. Um, you know, uh, I, I hope that, that there's some helpful inspirational tips. Um, the only reason why I say the man thing is because there's just three dudes talking. So, um, but despite what color you are, yeah, yeah, man, for sure. Um, despite, despite what color you are, your background, you know, understand that like every moment is yours for the taking. You can make that switch whatever you want to do in your life at a moment's notice. Your past has already happened, and it has nothing to do with what's happening right now in the present, and your future has not been written. So if you are interested in making a difference, go make that difference right now. If you are interested in living the best life you've ever lived in your entire life, go do that right now. If you are interested in chasing your dreams, or you are acknowledging that you're living your dreams. Take that moment to yourself and acknowledge it. Mm. So that's what I'd like to leave you with. Also, you know, um, make sure you uh, take good care of your hygiene, brush your teeth, wash behind your ears. God bless. (laughs) Good night.